You're listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sage Hill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. Chip, good afternoon. Hey, Phil. Here we are back here in our little room. <laughs> back at CPE, did our yeah. thing this morning. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And we call this the podcast room, <laughs> which is really an office that's empty. And uh, so I, I made some bookshelves and brought in, I've got a ton of books from home. Mm-hmm. And we've got these posters that have been developed over the years and some of the old posters and an American flag, to, you know, just, and some old chairs. So it's a pretty cool place. It really is pretty cool. <laughs> looks like us. Closest it? thing to a, a tree house. Is <laughs> it looks like yeah. us. <laughs> um, we, um, this is our, honestly, something we've been talking about for a long time, years, mm-hmm. to be able to do this. And uh, to be able to do it kind of in our little place is yeah. extra special to me for sure. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by all the stuff like you mentioned on the wall, on the books, and old, old table made out table, of yeah, about pallets, coffee cup, mm-hmm. coffee cups sitting on it, mm-hmm. extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a cool place to do yeah. this. When uh, anybody's visited CP, I think we'll know exactly what we're talking. Yeah, about. other people see come in here and think uh, they're not finished, and it's <laughs> like, well, I don't know. This we finally got it cool. <laughs> yeah, like us, kind of cool already. <laughs> Uh, you know, we... we oh, we no, it's it. finished. <laughs> it's finished, all right. Like us. I told Sonia, I said, I said, I said, Sonia, I don't want you to see it because you'll, like, improve it. And it's like, I don't want it improved. Exactly right. Oh, um, so we're back here in the back of our place, and uh, we've been doing this, this blogs and podcasts and mm-hmm. training, all kinds of really neat stuff that... Years ago, 11, 12 years ago, we talked about, not necessarily in theory, but there wasn't a whole lot of legs on it. Like, it was just kind of yeah. some great ideas and some, actually some of these very pieces of paper on the wall here yeah. on your kitchen table. Yeah. Just talking about stuff. And yeah. here we are yeah. doing it. And uh, you've been writing some blogs. You know, just how many now? Uh, no idea. Okay, like 500. Bu- uh, yeah. 500. Yeah. Great. 500 blogs. 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> About 28,000. Why? So of all those... A lot of people don't know about them. Of all those 82,000 you've written, the last couple have had to do with uh, what on the surface. Yeah. Like, wow, what a what a wonderful subject. Grief. Yeah. Uh, but as you've written in both of those... And um, I hate writing about that. You hate writing about that? Well, I hate writing about it because, I mean, who wants to read something they don't want to have? I mean, it's just, it's kind mm-hmm. of a difficult topic. And, you know, it's like, you know, you know, bad news bears in the room again, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, here I am. Yeah, uh, frankly, I love them. Um, yeah. Just, you know, we, we have those same kind of bats in our garage, baseball player, mm-hmm. careers over, so to speak. Endings, you know, yeah. And, and piled up there, and I got mm-hmm. a bucket of baseballs I'll probably never touch again, but they're still there. Yeah. Right, in college now. But yeah. So you write about, about that in one of the blogs about just the grief around uh, things ending, even mm-hmm. though new things are beginning. and. Mm-hmm. That last line, you know, you have room for them and all mm-hmm. the meanings behind that. And then another one behind that one, just around, you know, the silliness in quotes yeah. of a uh, grown man, William's, you know, big old thing. And, uh-huh. you know, big old William being gone 48 whole hours. And from college, for college. He, yeah, yeah, y'all are laughing and crying at the same time. So talk about that a little bit. Like the last couple of blogs have been this subject, like I said, that people go, oh, I don't want to read about that. But mm-hmm. but we really do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and I'll get to that, I promise you. But, you know, we talk about grief comes from dreams, okay? If you care about something and you're living on this earth, it, most of the time it's not going to turn out exactly like we wish it would. 
<laughs> and if it does turn out like we wish it would, we wish we could keep it longer than we can. Mm -hmm. I mean, just it's just, mm -hmm. you know, gratitude um, comes from living well and all those kinds of things. But we go back, you and I have been doing CPE together, Center for Professional Excellence together since 2005. And then you became the clinical director in 2006. Mm -hmm. And you were brought here leaving a satisfied life. Very much. For a life that has probably brought you more pain than you had there. In fact, you talk about, I gave up this, I gave up this, I gave up that. And all those different things were layers of security. You already had it made. I mean, on some level, you could keep growing, but also if you wanted to, you could coast a little bit because you had a lot of stuff in the bag, so to speak, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, you decided that you were going to follow something that was worth risking, even though you didn't know it was going to cost you so much. You know, you had a picture, this is good, well, that'd be better, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? If I had known then what I know now. Yeah, you may, like, because you, you know, that last time we did a podcast, you, you, you talked about you got here and like found out you didn't have a job. I mean, mm -hmm. it was like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And you're a man that gets a job done and you don't mind working. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. want to work. Mm -hmm. The alternative to you is like some form of uh, purgatory. Yes. <laughs> but you came here because a mission statement that uh, you wanted to give your life, as I'm doing myself, to helping people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. Do you, you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's sure. the mission statement. It's mm -hmm. like, and that's what I'm willing to look foolish about. That's what I'm willing to talk about things that maybe people don't want to hear. Sometimes willing to be made fun of even that uh, for, you know, helping people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do, which means that you're made a certain way and then talking about it and just, you know, that you're made to feel, you're made to need, you're made to desire, you're made to long, you're made to hope. And that neediness is the key that opens up the full life, which means vulnerability mm -hmm. is a plus when actually when we're little mm -hmm. and we get pinned down enough times, vulnerability mm -hmm. is not the, the wonderful gift. It is the, the hated, despised result of uh, what we call like the, the effect of vulnerability is, is getting harmed. Yeah. So I'm covering up. not to do it again. Yeah, yeah. So we become experts at hiding out instead of crying out, and I'm I want us to come to a place of being able to cry out again, because I believe that, uh, you know, going back to the oldest story, the beginning of the, uh, the Old Testament, you know, they had an opportunity to cry out or hide out, and the deceiver uh, said, "Are you so sure that your communication and vulnerability is the way to go? Mm -hmm. You're so sure that God is God, mm -hmm. is can be trusted." Instead of crying out, hey, God, you know, come on in here. We got to talk. They were like, well, maybe it's not so true. So they left their hearts and went to their heads. And I think we've had a lot of that same continuing mm -hmm. problem ever since, you know. Because yeah. when I enter into a circumstance, like I watch with my head to see if my heart can be safe, you know. Sure. And you and I together, when you came here, I was more alone in the process of doing what I'm doing now more than ever before. I was more alone than I even realized. Uh, 
because I'd already gone. I mean, I was already gone into this process, but I, I couldn't do it by myself. And then when you came in and you picked up this dream and said, I'm in with this dream, I'm in with this mission, it was an extraordinary uh, comfort and a growing confidence over time uh, to the point where we're doing these podcasts, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's scary to do a podcast because the thoughts are outside of, of being able to see who's listening to them or even worse, nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. But we got to do it. Yeah. We've got to do it. True. And that's where uh, Compelled comes in, I think. So, but in spite of what I dream, it's never going to reach fully into as, as far as I'd like for to go. I want, I want there to be three million people who sort of take on the mantle of this uh, live fully, love deeply, lead well. That's 1% of the population of the United States. And taking on the mantle means living that way? Yeah, to, to, to the life of the heart, to, to come back to our senses. Okay. Uh, St. Paul says, uh, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And I don't mean this as a religious reference and that's the go, go live this way religiously. I'm mm -hmm. talking about he's praying that the, that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened, that we'll see through the eyes of our hearts, having received mercy, knowing what it is to live as a human being, finding out how we're all alike, we're all in need of the same things, that we open up in our vulnerability again in spite of how non-commonsensical it is, mm -hmm. but how we're made for it and how much sense it makes when yeah. we do it. And he says, so, so we will see through the eyes of our hearts so we will know the hope, the glory, and the power. You know, the hope that we're made to have that wasn't foolish in the beginning, that the, the glorious life of gratitude, and really the power that comes from passion because I'm willing to be in pain uh, for something that matters more than pain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think God blesses that return to, to the dreaming. But it cost us something, you know? For sure. And those two blogs that, that I wrote about, uh, you know, I had room for the bats, so much response from people would say, you know, I got, I got it, I got it. And as a dad, as a mom, and they were saying stuff like, it wasn't bats for us, it was horses yeah. and soccer balls. And they, they got, it wasn't about the bats. Right. It was about the love and the willingness and the memories and so on. And so one of the messages that I want to continue to communicate, as painful as life is, the full life is in the pain. I mean, that we're created to live fully. I mean, you know, you and I, we say it all the time, you know, the sentence is, you and I are, are emotional, <laughs> spiritual creature, creatures created to do one thing in life, it's live fully. But we can't live fully unless we're living fully in relationship with ourselves, head to heart, others' hearts, and God. And so living fully means living between one and ten. That's the beginning and the end. I mean, on a continuum. We, we hunger to celebrate, but we're going to have to grieve. So how well you grieve, how well you celebrate, how well you celebrate will also mark how well you grieve. <clears throat> so one and ten, between one and ten is life. So it's not like... I'm at a two, I better work real hard to get to 10 for the reward. Yes, no, it's like facing life on life's Just terms, yes. And if we're gonna face life on life's <clears> terms, <throat> God, it's a great question. If we're gonna face life on life's terms, we've got to feel what life is like, because we're mm -hmm. emotional, spiritual creatures. 
then we need to be able to tell the truth about the emotional experience of our lives. And I don't mean reactions to feelings. Mm -hmm. I mean the feelings themselves. Mm -hmm. Universal language, because when a person talks about sadness and their face and their hearts match that experience, anyone who's alive as a human being and not covered in a mask relates to that experience. They can be from Russia or uh, Rutgers. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't make any difference what right. nationality you are. So, you know, living between one and 10 is where we're made to live. But so if you want to live fully, you're going to dream, you're going to wish, you're going to want, you're going to hope, you're going to desire, you're going to long, you're going to yearn, you're going to hunger, you're going to thirst, you're going to need. And all of those are vulnerable experiences. Mm -hmm. And I remember when just in that blog, I mean, all the different things, it's in the blog, but all the different things we did as a family with uh, yeah. them growing up. You remember you and Luke? Mm -hmm. Gosh, all these other families. Yeah. Or even if people read that blog mm -hmm. and they didn't get to have a family. Right. Or the child died before they even got to finish the memories. Mm. Or, you know, on and on and on and on and on. But I was taking account of my life just cleaning up the garage, just the mundane Clean out the garage. Clean up the garage. You know, as soon as we clean it up, we pile it up. It just, you know, yours is perfect. Mine's up, you know. <laughs> the way it is. Yeah, just the way it is. But like I say, I found those bats, and I was just throwing stuff away kind of wholesale. And uh, I, I picked up the bats, and I just started remembering. And it just, I mean, the sounds, the sights, the touch, mm -hmm. the feel, the times, the losses. And both my son's hearts were broken related to baseball. Yeah. And, and bonded related to baseball, but but they it didn't have to be a bond. It didn't have to be a breaking because they could have denied it both, and they didn't. And I think they didn't because we were a family that, frankly, as poorly as I did it, it's like, oh, we're doing between one and ten. Yes. It's like, I'm not shutting this thing down. I already know what it's like to be shut down, even if it's a reaction to it. But So when y'all so, were at a two, a, a collective two, yeah. It doesn't mean you're doing really, really bad. Better hurry and get the 10. Y'all no. are too because you're grieving like crazy. Yeah. Heartbreak. Yeah. Hurt, disappointment. Yeah, I cleaned those bats up, and yeah. it's like I just cried, like not just tearful, like, God, I wish I could have it back. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I got to do it. Mm -hmm. And, man, it is really over, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I wiped the bats down, kind of shined them up, mm -hmm. and put them on a shelf uh, and grateful for it. But my gratitude and those memories and the thankfulness and the sweating and us being on the baseball field and remember seeing their faces, their eyes, it brought me to regrets. Like, God, mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, it's like it's over. But I could not have had that gratitude of remembering without also being willing to face the loss of it being gone. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. You're, you're, like this story, if someone just kind of read these words, they would go, wow. Chip in his garage, regret, tears, yeah. memories, like, yeah. yikes, I don't want that. Yeah, grow up. But right. the other side of that, yes. walking through that, mm -hmm. is the gratitude part. Like, yeah, man. yeah. It's like, you know what? My life, my sons, my mm -hmm. uh, loves are worth gratitude, <clears throat> that, which is naked celebration, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and worth grief, uh, the outpouring of being known from the inside out, grief. And the alternative feel. So many people, and this was my credo in the past, was to be really honest, to be strong in mind, body, and spirit. That was my, it was like a religion to me. Yeah. And I thought it was blessed by God, that God called me, you know, to be 
strong. And, and, and notice when I said strong in body, mind, and spirit, you hear what I didn't include? I didn't even know the word heart, heart. was a mm -hmm. part of it. It's like, that, that wasn't even on the map. I think that's why, even to this day, I still, because I know the difference so deeply, I think I'm so grateful for the rest of the story so much, that the heart, mm -hmm. it takes primacy, because I did the other. But, but my goal was uh, practicing some form of control, you know, which like stoicism, uh, strength, uh, not letting life get to you, don't get overly attached, or be the one who does the caring, not the one who needs to be cared about, or you follow? Uh, yeah, a little bit like uh, we tell, I get, probably every guy walks in the door. Mm -hmm. you know, three, there are three great uh, solutions, mm -hmm. intellect, willpower, yeah. morality. Yeah. You said mind, body, spirit. Yeah. Like somehow or another I can be smart enough to get through this, yeah. tough enough, yeah. it's almost the same type thing. Uh -huh. like we can't be smart enough, tough enough, or good enough to beat life. Yes get through it yeah like it's there's yeah. something else called heart yeah and you know uh, I, I thought uh, in the past that you know and I think we've all been trained like this we say well, well good things will happen to good people we get a little older and found like no matter how good I am yeah. bad things keep happening and I go well, why do bad things happen to good people it's not fair and it turns out that life's happening to everybody whether you're good or bad it's happening mm -hmm. and then it gets worse because you say you know, there's just not enough bad stuff that happens to bad people. When they're going to get there. And then, then, then that, that psalm you talk about before, Psalm 73, that says all these good things are happening to bad uh, people. It's like, that's bull, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. But the truth is, it's like those four forms of thinking, whether you weave them together or separate them when you're infant in growth with life, uh, none of them are true. It's not true. The truth mm -hmm. is good things happen to people who are known. And my past philosophy be strong in body, mind, and spirit mm -hmm. was all about not being known. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole thing. I did not know I was in denial. I did not know that I was dissociated from my very being. I didn't know that I was separate from my maker. I didn't know. Yeah. I did not know. True. I mean, I practiced an ignorance disorder to the point of like, <laughs> you know, psychosis, you know. Yeah. I mean, ignoring myself. No like, doubt. and I know you're very familiar no with a, a severe ignorance disorder. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. <I'd... laughs> not just because where you're from. No. Doesn't help any, but totally unreal. And all you want to do is get back there, really. He <laughs> said, yeah. "Yeah." So, when I was practicing that, I was really didn't realize it, but I was trying to make my life. I was control, mm -hmm. control addict. I think that's the where we all begin. If we hatred, hate vulnerability, unable to live in vulnerability, if we don't know what to do with vulnerability, we practice control, mm -hmm. and whatever keeps us in control, we're squeezing our lives. Instead of living between one and ten, we live between five and five. Yeah, that's one that people, you know, feedback we uh -huh. got. And, and the first time you read it, you go, between five and five? Yeah. Ain't nothing between five and five. Exactly. Which is kind of right. the point, right? Yeah, so you know those two connecting doors between hotel rooms? Yeah. That's between five and five. I remember seeing that movie Angels in the Outfield years ago. <laughs> I think it was Angels in the Outfield, I believe. But but the, the one of the coaches, assistant coach, gets stuck between the two connecting doors. And he's like slammed between a five-inch life, you know, and he's stuck. He's locked, locked in. And he's going, uh, a little help, a little help, a little help. <laughs> and it's like I was literally and did, I squeezed my life between a place of five and five. But the problem is, how do I keep everybody away from me? Mm -hmm. i got to develop a false self. And that false self develops out of fear. 
Like, what do I have to do to make that person be okay with me? What do I have to do to please that person? What do I have to do to, to perform to get them to care about me? Or what do I have to do to keep them away from me? What do I have to do to keep them from humiliating me? What do I have to do? You know, and as you, you, know, as you use those examples, your eyes are getting wider, like yeah. anxiety, anxiety, yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Think about the anxiety of living that way. Mm -hmm. And behaviorist disorder, we can do it every Absolutely. day. Absolutely, hypervigilant. Don't, mm -hmm. don't even know we're doing it. That's what I'm saying. I was living on quelling anxiety, rooted in the trigger of anxiety. So I was spending my life trying to get it over with, looking for a life. That, that's crazy. crazy. But it makes complete sense mm -hmm. to those of us who go, I will never be vulnerable again. And then forgot we said it even forgot we committed to that philosophy. So if you're squeezed between five and five, what you've really got is the very thing that's made to protect you will destroy you. It's suffocation. What's between five and five is zero. It's called no life. This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sometimes in life, we get stuck or blocked or reach an impasse. At times like these, an intensive short-term therapy can help you overcome what's keeping you from the growth and changes you desire. At Sage Hill Counseling, we offer therapeutic intensives to help couples gain new momentum in their recovery process. If you want to find out more, please visit sagehillcounseling.com.